lăudat și binecuvântat să fie Dumnezeu. Îi mulțumim Domnului că și în seara aceasta, prin ajutorul Lui, suntem la locul de închinare. De ceea tuturora care sunteți cu noi în seara aceasta, vă spunem un bun venit și Domnul să vă binecuvinteze pe fiecare în parte. Dorim ca și în seara aceasta, întreaga lucrare să fie sub autoritatea lui Dumnezeu, Dumnezeu să binecuvinteze slujba din seara aceasta, Dumnezeu să binecuvinteze cântarea de laudă, mesajul Evangheliei, mai mult ca atâta, bunul Dumnezeu să ne dea o inimă bună, să lăudăm pe Domnul, să primim cuvântul lui Dumnezeu și Duhul Sfânt al lui Dumnezeu să ne cerceteze pe fiecare în parte. În seara aceasta am să mă folosesc de cuvântul Domnului care se găsește în Samul 105, primele patru versete. Leudați pe Domnul, chemați numele Lui, faceți cunoscut printre popoare isprăvăle Lui, cântați, cântați în cinstea Lui, vorbiți despre toate minunile Lui. Făliți-vă cu numele Lui cel Sfânt, să se bucure inima celor ce caută pe Domnul. Alergați la Domnul și la sprijinul Lui, căutați necurmat fața Lui. Amin. Dorim ca aceste cuvinte să se împlinească cu noi și în seara aceasta. Să lăudăm pe Domnul, suntem invitați prin cuvântul lui Dumnezeu să lăudăm pe Domnul, să chemăm numele Domnului, să facem cunoscut printre popoare mărăția lui Dumnezeu. Cu alte cuvinte să facem cunoscut aici între noi, între copiii lui Dumnezeu, bunătatea lui Dumnezeu, dragostea lui Dumnezeu, minunea lui Dumnezeu. Și Dumnezeu să lucreze și în seara aceasta. Dumnezeu ne poate vorbi și prin mesajul cântării. Dumnezeu ne poate trezi prin cuvântul Evangheliei. Pentru că cuvântul lui Dumnezeu este viu și lucrător, lăudat să fie Domnul. Apoi ne spune cuvântul Domnului să nu stăm nepăsători în adunare. Suntem îndemnați prin cuvântul lui Dumnezeu. Cântați! Cântați, lăudați pe Domnul, cântați în cinstea Lui, merită să preamărim pe Domnul. Dacă suntem aici, este datorită Lui, El ne-a păzit, El ne-a ocrotit, El ne-a binecuvântat, de ceea se cade să-i mulțumim Lui Dumnezeu și Dumnezeu să ne asculte rugăciunea și în seara aceasta. Dumnezeu să asculte rugăciunea bisericii. Versetul 4 spune, alergați la Domnul. Și la sprijinul Lui căutați necurmat fața Lui. Sunt momente în viață că alergăm la oameni și ne întoarcem fără răspuns și fără rezolvarea problemelor. Dar în seara aceasta cuvântul Dumnezeu ne invită să alergăm la El. Noi suntem invitați nu numai să căutăm prezența Lui Dumnezeu, ci de asemenea și puterea și tăria Harului Său, Dumnezeu să ne ajute la lucrul acesta. Iubiții mei, dorim să ne rugăm pentru slujba din seara aceasta. Dumnezeu să lese Har 
darul său peste noi aici. Prin cântarea de laudă, prin cuvintul Evangheliei, Dumnezeu să se coboare în mijlocul nostru. El este prezent, El este în mijlocul nostru, leudat să fie numele Domnului. De asemenea, ne vom ruga ca Dumnezeu să protejeze poporul Israel. Dumnezeu să se atingă de cei care sunt încercați, de perderile care au venit în viața și în familia lor, Dumnezeu să mânghe pe fiecare în parte. De asemenea, ne rugăm pentru cei care trec prin diferite situații, pentru cei bolnavi, Dumnezeu să se atingă de ei. Ne rugăm pentru frații care sunt plecați la convenție în Los Angeles pentru călătoria spre casă, Dumnezeu să îi protejeze, Dumnezeu să îi ocrotească, să ajungă cu bine acasă. Ne rugăm cu toți așa cum stăm în picioare și dorim ca harul și binecuvântarea lui Dumnezeu să fie peste noi toți. Amin. Cu toți ne rugăm, Domnul. Așa cum stăm, vom citi cuvântul Domnului în seara aceasta care este programat pentru noi, după cum știți că biserica noastră are un program de citire anual al Bibliei, de fiecare dată citim un capitol care este programat pentru ziua de duminică. Capitolul 9 din Faptele Apostolilor va fi citit de fratele Sam Mihuleț în limba engleză. Good evening, church. 
Uh, as Pastor mentioned, I'll be reading out of uh, Acts chapter 9, beginning with verse 1. But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you, what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas, uh, look for a man, a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and of the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for my, for my name's sake. So Ananias departed and entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food, he was strengthened. For some days he was with the disciples at Damascus, and immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed and said, Is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem of those who call upon his, this name? And has, not, uh, and has he not come here for this purpose, to bring them bound before the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ." When many days had passed, the Jews plotted to kill him, but their plot became known to Saul. They were watching the gates day and night in order to kill him, but his disciples took him by night and let him down through an opening in the wall, lowering, lowering him in a basket. And when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples, and they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them uh, how on the road he had seen the Lord, who spoke to him, and how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. So he went in and, in and out among them, 
at Jerusalem, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. And he spoke and disputed against the Hellenists, but they were seeking to kill him. And when the brothers learned this, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Now, as Peter went here and there among them, uh, among them all, he came down all, uh, also to the saints who lived at Lydia. Uh, there he found a man named Ananias, uh, bedridden for eight years, who was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Ananias, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. And immediately he rose, and all the residents of Lydda uh, and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. Now there was, a, there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days, she became ill and died. And when they uh, were when they had washed her, they laid her in an uh, upper room. Since Leda uh, was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them. And when he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the window, uh, widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics, uh, showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the uh, body, he said, Tabitha, rise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up. Then calling the saints, the widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa and many believed in the Lord, and he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon, a tanner. Amen. Înainte ca să ocupați locurile, salutați-vă unii pe alții, dorindu-vă o seară binecuvântată în casa Domnului. Mulțumim Domnului pentru ajutorul care ne l-a dat ca să fim în această seară în casa Lui. Vă zicem tuturor care ați venit să vă bucurați împreună cu Biserica Maranata, bun venit la Maranata. Domnul să vă binecuvinteze. Fiți binecuvântați de Domnul care a făcut cerurile și pământul. Vă salutăm nu numai pe dumneavoastră, ci și pe cei care ne vizionează online. Domnul să-i cerceteze și să-i binecuvinteze acolo unde se află. Salutăm în mod deosebit în mijlocul nostru în seara aceasta... Grupul West Coast Gospel, un grup de cântăreți împreună cu fratele George Roșca, lucrător în Biserica Agape din sudul Californiei. Domnul să binecuvinteze pe dânsi și să vă binecuvinteze de asemenea pe dumneavoastră toți care ați venit la închinăciune în seara aceasta. Continuăm închinarea noastră cu corul mixt al bisericii, apoi grupul de viori, vor lăuda pe Domnul, în urmă West Coast Gospel vor cânta primul set de două cântări. Domnul să-i binecuvinteze.
Pace vouă, Serica Maranata și Musafirea Casei Domnului. Suntem onorați să fim din nou împreună cu voi, după perioada de câțiva ani de zile. Locațiile nu s-au schimbat, eu de șase ani de zile locuiesc în România, împreună cu soția care și ea vă transmite salutări. George, sau Ghiță, cum îi mai spunem noi, este din Orange County, Adi este de Alcase din Sacramento, Emi din Seattle și... Se apropie de aproape de 15 ani cântăm împreună în acest, cu acest quartet. Considerăm că este un har și chiar privind și lăudându-L pe Hristos împreună cu tinerii, realizez că de când am început noi să slujim, cei mai mulți dintre ei nici nu erau, după care au fost mai micuți. Dar vedem că Dumnezeu își înnoiește bunătatea Lui față de biserica Lui. Dumnezeu ne cheamă mereu și mereu să-L facem pe El cunoscut, să-L cunoaștem pe El mai mult. Și acest prim cântec ne încurajează exact cu acest lucru. Dulce e a crede în Iisus și a primi cuvântul Lui. Să ne dea Dumnezeu harul ca zilnic să căutăm fața Lui prin cuvânt, prin rugăciune. Vedem în ce vremuri trăim, vedem ce zile ne așteaptă și înainte, dar știm că Biserica lui Hristos va înainta spre țintă. Și vom continua alergarea noastră până în acea zi când vom fi în prezența Lui pentru totdeauna. Și asta este o încurajare și îmbărbătarea noastră dacă cunoașteți cântecele, vă încurajăm să cântați împreună cu noi. Tu ce e a crede în Isus, a primit cuvântul lui. Pe lui promisiune Împlinit doar voia lui Iisus mă încred în tine Ai iertat al meu trecut Iisus, Iisus, scumpe Iisus Iată vocea am să ascult. Dulce e a crede în Iisus și sângele lui curat. Ce pe oameni prin credință I-a spălat de-a lor păcat Iisus mă încred în tine Ai iertat al meu trecut Iisus, Iisus, scumpe Iisus Iată voceam să ascult Da, e dulcea crede în Iisus A trăit mereu curat Să primești din slava de sus 
pacea și fericirea. Iisus mă încred în tine, ai iertat al meu trecut. Iisus, Iisus, scumpe Iisus, iată voceam să ascult. Iisus mă Aș vrea, Iisuse, scump să fiu ca tine În privegia mea pe acest Atâtea oricând prea ispită vine S-o prin Sfântul Tău cuvânt Aș vrea Iisuse scump a Ta comoară
where no tears shall dim the eye. And oh, what a difference since Jesus passed by. Since Jesus passed by, since Jesus passed by. Laudați să fie Domnul! Iubiții noștri, dorim să facem o lucrare împreună și anume colecta. Apostolul Pavel ne spune în 2 Corinteni, în capitolul 8, versetul 12, pentru că, pentru că dacă este bunăvoință, darul este primit, avându-se în vedere ce are cineva, nu ce n-are. Dumnezeu să ne binecuvinteze cu bunăvoință, lăudăm pe Domnul cu o cântare și în timpul cântării ne închinem Domnului cu darul noastre de bunăvoie, făcând această colectă pentru biserica locală. Rog frații să ne ajute cu ridicarea colectei și pe dumneavoastră Domnul să vă binecuvinteze. Sunt 
Su toate lucrurile Din El, prin El și pentru El Sunt toate lucrurile Din El, prin El și pentru El Sunt toate lucrurile A Lui să fie gloria A Lui să fie gloria să fie gloria în vește vecea A Lui să fie gloria, a Lui să fie gloria, a Lui să fie gloria în vește vecea Din El, din El și pentru El sunt toate Și pentru El sunt toate lucrurile Prin El, prin El și pentru El Sunt toate lucrurile Prin El, prin El și pentru El Sunt toate lucrurile A Lui să fie gloria A Lui să fie gloria să fie gloria în vește vecea A Lui să fie gloria, a Lui să fie gloria, a Lui să fie gloria în vește vecea A Lui să fie gloria, a Lui să fie gloria, a Lui să fie a lui să fie gloria, a lui să fie gloria, a lui să fie gloria, în vește vecea După cum se spunea și la începutul slujbei, ne-am rugat și ne rugăm pentru frații care sunt plecați din biserica noastră, fratele păstor Moise Gaode, împreună cu fratele păstor Alin Ila și cu fratele diacon David Ușvat, liderul de tineret. Sunt plecați la întâlnirea de la Los Angeles, care este conferința păstorilor din Church of God. Dorim ca Domnul să-i binecuvinteze și în seara aceasta la părtășie și apoi să-i călăuzească cu bine la întoarcerea spre casă. Și în, în seara aceasta continuă operațiunea Christmas Child, Shoebox. Dacă știți, aceasta este ultima zi când putem să uh, participăm pentru strângerea aceasta de ajutoare pentru copiii săraci din, uh, din diferite țări sărace, unde biserica noastră trimite împreună cu alte biserici, este un proiect mare și biserica noastră participă de mai mulți ani pentru această lucrare. Uh, 35 de dolari costă o baxă pentru cadouri pentru copii, Puteți, inclusiv transportul, puteți să participați și cu donație personală cash sau cu check, scriind cecul pe numele bisericii, Maranata Church of God și la memo să menționați Operation Christmas Child. Mai aveți ocazia în seara aceasta, la sfârșitul slujbei, să faceți lucrul acesta afară pe coridor. 
Miercuri avem serviciu divin la ora 7 după amiază. Apoi vinerea următoare avem întâlnirea bordului bisericii, tot la ora 7, duminica viitoare, 19 noiembrie, servicii divine la ora 10 și la ora 6 după amiază, cu accent pe ziua mulțumirii. Pentru că suntem înainte de Thanksgiving, vom avea acest accent al slujberilor divine de duminica viitoare. De asemenea, miercuri în 22 noiembrie, cu o zi înainte de Thanksgiving, avem Open Mic Testimonies, o seară în care fiecare poate să vină cu mărturisiri personale, ceea ce Dumnezeu a lucrat în viața lui în anul acesta și nu numai. Apoi mai menționăm miercurea de 29 noiembrie, ultima miercuri din luna aceasta, îl avem pe fratele Cristi Boariu din România în mijlocul nostru. Apoi pentru luna decembrie, a doua duminică a lunii decembrie, vom avea Christmas Concert în biserica noastră și în duminica de 24 decembrie, este ajunul sărbătorii nașterii Domnului, avem dimineață programul copiilor Kids Christmas Program, la serviciul de dimineață și la serviciul de seară avem seara specială de ajun înainte de nașterea Domnului. Doresc ca Domnul să vă binecuvinteze pe fiecare. Încă un anunț, grupul care ne vizitează au CD-uri care ni le pun la dispoziție la sfârșitul slujbei pe coridorul bisericii contra unei donații benevole. Fiecare poate să, facă o bine, să fie o binecuvântare pentru această lucrare. În continuarea slujirii ascultăm din nou grupul West Ghost Coast Gospel, cu următorul set de cântări, apoi corul mixt al bisericii. După aceste puncte, sora Denisia Ușvat, care a fost în misiune în România, va avea o scurtă mărturisire pentru noi. Și apoi din nou, West Coast Gospel Group, cu al treilea set de cântări. Spre slava Domnului! Din toată inima doresc ca Dumnezeu să vă binecuvinteze. Mă alătur și eu de fratele Ardeș și gândurile lui pentru, pentru noi și pentru voi. Și dorim ca și în seara aceasta să zidim un altar pentru slava și pentru gloria Domnului. Suntem în locul acesta și este o binecuvântare pentru noi, pentru toți. Și cred că este o binecuvântare și pentru copiii care sunt, pentru poate cei mai în vârstă și împreună haideți să-L binecuvântăm pe El. Următoarea cântare... Este o cântare poate mai cunoscută. Haideți împreună să-L binecuvântăm pe El și să cântăm acest cântec. In Christ alone my hope is found. He is my light, my strength and my song. Amen. alone my hope is found he is my life my strength my song this cornerstone this solid ground firm through the fiercest drought and storm what lights of love what depths of peace when fears are still when striving seas my comforter my all in all here in the love of christ i stand in 
Pentru că suntem la o seară în care suntem împreună. Haideți să continuăm cu cântarea. Așa de mult ne place să cântăm, nu doar noi, dar și toată biserica împreună. Și vă invit să cântăm cântarea Isus, Isus strigă inima. Haideți împreună și împreună cu fratele Chris. Chiar mă bucur să văd un frate așa tânăr. Mi-aduc aminte de când eram și eu mai tânăr prezent, fie la chitară, fie la orgă, la microfoane și aveți un tânăr foarte fain printre voi și să dați slavă Domnului pentru așa tânăr. Haideți să cântăm Iisus, Iisus, strigă inima. Iisus, Iisus 
of God that we are here. I think every one of us in our lives yearns for something, has yearned to find something. Jesus gave the parable of a man who was looking for a treasure. When he found it, he buried it in a place so it could be safe from harm. And that treasure was alluding to the fact that we are all searching for a purpose in life. And that purpose can only be found in Jesus Christ himself. I don't know if you are here tonight having been searching for a long time. Or maybe you're on the younger side and you've been searching for less time. But however long or however little of time you've been searching, I want you to know that Jesus Christ is the only answer. His word says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that nobody comes to the Father, but through me. Jesus Christ is the door. He is our purpose in life. We are to give him all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor only to him. So as we sing this next song, the song is actually a life's journey story, talking about how long we have searched until, oh, at last, when you find that which you are searching for, you are so happy, and only Jesus can give us that happiness. All my life long, I have panted for a dream from some. I felt with it. 
Hello, church. I am back again from another mission trip. <laughs> um, thank you, Jesus, that I was able to go on another mission trip, and I'm hoping for more in the future. So we went to Romania for about 16 days on this mission trip. I went with a group from Seattle. Uh, the church was called Passion, from Cr Passion for Christ, and we were able to spend... 16 amazing days in Romania doing the spreading the gospel. We were doing food outreaches. We were also doing evangelism on the streets. We were also doing a lot of EBSs in many small villages there that sadly didn't have enough support, didn't have food for the winter, didn't have clothes, didn't have... The children there only had a small amount of clothes on their backs, and it was super sad to see, to be honest, but... God blessed them, and we were able to go there and serve in, in his glory. So we were able to do some church services there in the churches in Oshava. We were also able to stay in Caracal and do youth services there with the youth that were there that are doing amazing and serving for God there. And I have only like five minutes, but I'm going to do real quick a verse, and then I'm going to play the video. The video is six minutes, so it's long. So in Matthew 28, verses 18 to 18 to 20 it says and Jesus came and said to them all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and behold I am with you always to the end of the age God has called us each to be individuals that will praise his holy name for the rest of our existence since we have proclaimed his name and to spread the gospel and help others that are lost in the world to be saved and follow him and even though I went on a mission trip I came back home and I struggled and but I'm still trying to spread the gospel here so I just pray that each of you guys do the same
Ce mare har să răspândești Evanghelia în libertate, să-L poți duce pe Hristos cu tine și să vezi oameni transformați, copii binecuvântați. Nu știu dacă știți, este o statistică că peste 90% din toți oamenii care vin la Hristos, care îl primesc pe Iisus Hristos, o fac înainte de vârsta de 21 de ani. Deci cât de important este lucrarea cu copiii în fiecare biserică, răspândirea Evangheliei, către copii și Dumnezeu să continue să dea har, să fie o binecuvântare pentru cei din jurul nostru. Următorul cântec este intitulat Greatly Blessed, adică mult binecuvântați. Suntem cu toți aici mult binecuvântați. Dar de ce oare? Că l-avem pe Hristos. Comoara cea mai de preț. Orice ar veni, prin orice trecem, știm că El rămâne comoara noastră cea de preț. 
El este tot ce avem de fapt. Nu ne bucurăm că-l avem sau... El e chiar tot ce avem. Am devenit ai Lui, am fost răscumpărați prin sângele Lui și suntem cei mult binecuvântați. Haideți să lăudăm. Greatly blessed and highly favored, imperfect but forgiven child of God. Greatly blessed and highly favored, imperfect but forgiven child of God. Greatly blessed and highly favored, imperfect but forgiven child of God. Greatly blessed and highly favored, imperfect but forgiven child of we are children of God, we know that whatever tomorrow may bring is in God's hands. We are not worried. No matter what the news might be saying and about what's going on in the Middle East right now, we are not worried because we are in the Father's hand. Our Father's name is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. That is why we can rest assured and trust in Him alone. He is our most gracious father, and the Bible says that if he clothes the lilies of the field, not even Solomon in all of his splendor had what a lily of the field had in terms of beauty. If he takes care of the birds of the air, 
Yet they don't have to worry about what are they going to eat next. No, God has their meals planned for them. How much more, God's word says, you and I, who are made in his image, we are made in the image of God. God is going to take care of us. And so as we sing this next song, I hope that you will be encouraged regardless of what the news out there says. We serve the almighty living Alpha and Omega. Jehovah, the Prince of 
pieces he Son of man, seed of Abraham Second person in the Trinity He is the Alpha and Omega The Son of God The King of Kings The Messiah Jehovah The Great I Am Seed of Abraham He is the Alpha and the Omega Beginning and the end, Son of God, King of Kings, the Lord of everything. He is Înainte ca să ascultăm cuvântul sfânt care va fi vestit de fratele pastor George Roșca, vom cânta împreună cu grupul nostru de laudă. Vă invit respectuos să vă ridicați în picioare și mă rog ca Domnul să pregătească inimile noastre pentru cuvântul sfânt și să binecuvinteze pe servul său. Amin. Can you turn on the keys, please? I'll just I'll move to the ground piano if you guys could give me a second. Let's all sing together this one song before the message. This, the chorus of the message says, the message of the chorus says, Jesus, worthy is the lamb that was slain for us, the son of God and man. And let's remember the sacrifice and the blood that was shed for us on the cross. Amen. Let's all worship together.
Indeed, Jesus' name is great. And before you are to be seated, I want us to read the passage for today, which I think we should all be able to recite without even opening up our Bibles. Genesis 1.1. Let us recite it together. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Amen. You may be seated. I grew up in, uh, for my first seven years, as it is said in, uh, in the Romanian culture, Ce primi șaptean de acasă, we're in Romania, in a tiny little church, we uh, just about fit on this stage, <laughs> and every Sunday, uh, we had to recite versetul de aur, right? That's how we grew up, and it's nice to see that the church here in Sacramento has made it a priority to read God's word. Acts chapter 9. I want to use actually Acts chapter 9 as my introduction because it dives very well, it dovetails very well with the word of God for today. We see in Acts chapter 9, Saul, who has yet to become Paul, a persecutor of the church. Saul, someone that represented the culture of the time, the religiosity of the people of the time, the church that was typically being persecuted during that time. And if at that time, the early church was being persecuted by the Jewish people and those of the Jewish faith and tradition, today our society is seeing that persecution come from someplace different. It's coming from atheism, from secularism, from anything that does not have to do with God. Because we live in a day and age when people think that they have figured out that they can live their life without God. We're in 2023, right? We should have figured out by now in our evolution process as Homo sapiens, the most advanced of all species, that that's it. We know it. We, we have it. We've reached the epitome of knowledge. And yet, God's word humbles us so greatly because we know that God is alone omniscient. God is alone all-powerful. But how do we stand up against the persecution of today just as the early believers stood up against the persecution of the leaders of the synagogues. What were the truths back then that were being attacked? What are the truths today that are being attacked? And how can we defend these truths? Yes, God said that I'm sending you like sheep amongst wolves. But he also said, I'm not leaving you orphans. I am giving you my Holy Spirit that will reside in you. And one of the roles of the Holy Spirit will be to teach us what to say when we will be persecuted. The title of my message this morning is called Indisputable Truths. Indisputable Truths. The devil, he's the serpent of old. 
and he likes to play as if he has this really good knowledge game. But he comes so short. In fact, he wanted to have God's position, but God said, there is no opening for my position on LinkedIn. All right? I am God, and I am alone will be God, and I am a holy God set apart from all else. What are the indisputable truths of Genesis 1-1 that are being attacked and have been attacked for hundreds of years? Well, first of all, I want you to understand the philosophy of this world. Let us turn scripture to Colossians chapter 2. Because we need to understand that God's word really has the answers for us. And we shouldn't bow down so quickly to the philosophers of this age. Colossians 2.8 tells us, Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. It's very interesting that God's word presents to us that the intelligence of this world and of the philosophers of this world, in God's eyes, is so basic, so rudimentary. It doesn't even come close to the extravagance and the complexity of God's way of thinking. In fact, Jesus had a very interesting conversation with an older man whom Jesus expected a lot more from, and this was Nicodemus. And we all know John chapter 3, verse 16, the golden verse of the Bible, for God so loved the world. But the context of that Bible verse finds itself in this dialogue that Jesus was having with Nicodemus. And Jesus tells Nicodemus something very interesting that we don't point out much, but I want to reveal a little bit of this truth. Chapter 3, verse 12 of the book of John. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Now, that might sound shocking to you. Does the Bible talk to us about earthly things? Does the Bible talk to us about philosophy like we just read before? If God says, don't be taken astray by worldly philosophy, then that means God has taught us through his word a divine, godly, Christ-like philosophy. If the Bible says that there's earthly things that I would have told you about, yet you can't even understand those, why would I even start to go in the deeper things of God, of heavenly things? Yes, the Bible talks a lot about philosophy, about sociology, about psychology, about science. Because why? God created all of these things. And he has revealed all of these things to us. In fact, Job, a very righteous man, we find in the book of Job chapter 38, after he spent so many probably days on end responding back to his friends who were trying to say, hey, Job, come on, you know you messed up. Just 
fess it up for once, repent, turn back to the Lord. And Job was trying to do his very best to defend his position in front of God. But guess what happens? Chapter 38, God shows up and responds to Job. And he says this, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now, prepare yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Job was not ready to answer the nearly 100 questions that God would bombard him with. And most of those questions were scientific questions. Where were you, Job, when I established the foundations of the world? Job, you know, where were you? Please tell me when I set the limits to the oceans. Job, tell me, where does the wind come from? And what causes the wind to just be. And Job, after chapter 38, 39, 40, and 41, he's like, Lord, my ear heard about you, but now my eyes have seen, and I repent in sackcloth and ashes. You see, nothing, nothing, dear young people, Nothing in this world comes close to the truth of Scripture. And the truth of Scripture is a heavenly truth, but it's full of earthly truths as well. And so I bring before you Genesis 1-1, the book of beginnings, the most, one of the most vital verses in all of Scripture. And I want us to look at three indisputable truths that the world has been contesting. The first truth is that there was a beginning. The Bible starts off, says, in the beginning. But do you know that the world has been disputing this fact? In fact, up until 100 years ago, the vast majority of scientists, physicists, cosmologists, astronomers, they all believed that the universe and everything that makes up the universe be space, time, matter, and energy, that it was actually infinite. It was from infinity past, and it's going to be in infinity future. They called this, in science, the steady state model. And every Christian scientist who was saying, hmm, I don't think that's the case. God's word says something else. Oh, but prove it. But prove it with science, right? We always have to prove ourselves with scientific facts. What's very interesting is that when you look at most of the, of the brilliant people who started science and the different disciplines of science, were believers. They were believers. All right, go back to Galileo Galilei. Go back to Pascal. Go back to all of these people who made great discoveries in chemistry and biology and astronomy in mathematics. 
But up until 100 years ago, that was the vast majority of scientists saying, there was no beginning. Your Bible is wrong. In fact, I want to quote two of those scientists and astronomers for you. Robert Dickey, who was a Princeton University physicist, he says that an infinitely old universe would relieve us of the necessity of explaining the origin of the universe at any finite time in the past. They got it. They understood that if the universe, in fact, had a beginning, then it's game over. They would have to explain how did the universe come into being. In fact, right before him, actually, Sir Arthur Eddington, who was a physicist and astronomer at the Royal Observatory in Greenwich in London, he says, philosophically, the notion of a beginning of the present order is repugnant to me. I should like to find a genuine loophole. I simply do not believe the present order of things started off with a bang. It leaves me cold. Why would they say such things? And they put their cards out in the open. When in fact, God's word said, in the beginning. The first three words of scripture. And yet until about 100 years ago, everybody was disputing this. Well, fast forward to today. What do most physicists and astronomers believe in? Come on, say it out loud. I know you guys know the answer. The Big Bang, right? That's what he was alluding to, Sir Arthur Eddington, all right? So let's see, and we're not going to debate on how and what was there, and do we know all the, the details, because we don't. But let's just put to the debate this first three words, in the beginning, was there a beginning? And let's see what has happened over the last 100 years. A hundred years ago, about 120 years ago, a gentleman by the name of Vester Slipher discovered with the limited telescopes that they had back then in 1912, he discovered that as he was looking in the night sky, that most of the color of light that he was seeing coming from the stars or from whatever he was looking at, because the telescopes back then weren't all that sophisticated and powerful, he discovered that there was a red color to it. And he started asking himself, why are we typically seeing a reddish color emanated from these things up in the heavens? All right, They would call them nebula. Because at this time, they didn't have yet telescopes powerful enough to understand that there is more than just one galaxy. All right, At that time, it was just understood that it was the Milky Way galaxy and then this was basically it. Well, what happened was about 10 years later, Edwin Hubble, you guys are all familiar with NASA's Hubble telescope, all right, named after Edwin Hubble. He started using some more powerful telescopes here in California, in Southern California. And he confirmed what Vesto Slipher was seeing. Now, around the same time that Edwin Hubble was confirming this with much more powerful telescopes, Albert Einstein was alive. And he started to come up with this theory of general relativity. And this theory of general, rel general relativity 
was trying to explain what, what is gravity. And especially how does mass relate to gravity, and then how does mass affect the space-time continuum in our universe? And what he was observing about our universe was the fact that, okay, well, we have a force of gravity, but there has to be some other kind of force opposing it, which he called the cosmological constant. Because if gravity would be everything, then we should have all collapsed and not existed anymore. And so there must be some counteractive force. But he assumed that that counteractive force was exactly equal to the force of gravity. Why? Because he believed, Albert Einstein believed, that the universe was infinite in its past, the steady state model. But what astronomers were starting to see through telescopes was this red shift effect in every direction of the sky. So what is this red shift? The easiest way to explain it is to give you an example of sound. If we would have right now on the street behind us, right, a, an ambulance come, right? And as the ambulance comes with its, you know, siren blaring, right, the sound gets what? Louder and louder and louder. And then as soon as it passes you, it goes, woo, 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 right? It just automatically drops, right? Because that's the direction of the sound waves. Light has frequency as well. And light has different bandwidths. The red color is one end of the spectrum, and the blue color is at the end of the spectrum. So what ends up happening is if you have an object that it's emitting light and it's moving towards you, that object is going to emit more of a blue light. If that object is moving away from you, it's going to emit more red light. What happens when we're looking at every direction of the sky with our telescopes and we see red light? That means everything's moving away from us. And so that means if everything's moving away in the forward direction of time, if we go backwards in time, everything is moving closer. Closer and closer. And it must have come in all the way at some Point. Edwin Hubble invited Albert Einstein to come to Southern California to look with his own eyes through a telescope to see the red shift, that red light that comes out. And after Albert Einstein saw that, he said this, that the greatest blunder of his career was the fact that he fiddled with the cosmological constant to make it exactly equal to the force of gravity. Because if everything is moving out, that means gravity and the cosmological constant are not equal. And that means going backwards in the direction of time, there must have been a beginning. It took man that long to come to that realization and to that conclusion that there was a beginning. In fact, later in the 1960s, it was theorized that if there was a beginning, whatever 
powerful energy that was released at that time would create these radiation waves that we should be able to detect. And NASA in the 1990s sent up special instruments that were actually able to detect that radiation. There was a beginning, and that's an indisputable truth according to God's word. And yet for thousands of years, scientists were telling us that no, there wasn't. The second indisputable truth that God's word teaches us is in the beginning, God. Not only that there was a beginning, but that in the beginning, God. Now, why is that important? You see, we have to ask ourselves this question. Can man live without God? Can man live without God? Is it possible to live a life today? Friedrich Nietzsche was an Austrian philosopher, and he so desperately wanted God to be dead that he wrote this parable of the madman. And in this parable, it pictures a madman that is jumping into the midst of some sailors that have just gotten off of a ship, and he's yelling at them, and he's saying, God is dead, and we have killed him. But he goes on in the parable, and he says, what is up and down? Is it getting colder? Do we have to light lanterns in the morning hour? He realized that if God is dead, then everything is permissible. If God does not exist. And he made this startling prediction. This was in 1898. He said, if man is going to continue as if God is dead, then the next century is going to be the bloodiest century this world has ever known. If you add up how many people died in the 1900s, more people died under regimes that lived with a philosophy that God is dead, atheistic, communistic regimes, than if you add everyone that has ever died in all the wars combined from year 0 AD to 1899. This is very important. In fact, Will Durant, a historian and philosopher from Columbia University, said this, the greatest question of our time is not communism versus individualism, not Europe versus America, not even the East versus the West. It is whether men can bear to live without God. Even worldly philosophers, Will Durant was not a Christian, and yet analyzing all of the philosophy of our day and age and analyzing history, he was able to come to this conclusion that without God, man will eat himself up. So how do we prove that God exists? In the beginning, God. How do we prove that? If we were able to prove that there was a beginning, in the beginning, scientifically speaking. Well, in the beginning, God starts with a moral argument. Because we as human beings are moral agents where do we get this morality from? 
That means there must be a moral giver, a lawgiver, just like the Christian scientists who are investigating this world, they made an assumption. They said, there must have been a creator. The Bible tells us so. And this creator is omniscient. He's orderly. We serve a God of order, right? As the book of 1 Corinthians tells us. And that means we should be able to discover God's order in physical laws, And they expected that order. They expected the order of how the world is revolving around the sun. They expected the order of how the moon revolves around the earth. And they were able to calculate all of that with precision. That is only possible if you posit the existence of a moral law giver. We also have the truth argument. There is this logical conundrum that the world finds itself in because today everything is about relativism. Relativism. It's your truth and my truth, right? We hear that a lot. But God's word says that truth is absolute. So what is it? Is truth absolute or is truth relative? If I make the claim... That truth is absolute. What kind of claim have I just made? An absolute claim. If I make the claim that no, truth is relative, what kind of, what kind of claim have I just made? An absolute claim. You see how God has built this like fail-safe logic? He's built a fail-safe logic. No matter which way we try to squirm around him, it's checkmate at every move. There's also the argument from metaphysics because Genesis 1.1 tells us that in the beginning, God created what? The heavens, plural, and the earth. That means there is something beyond our first heaven, the atmosphere, the second heaven, the galaxies, and there was a third heaven, and that's the dimension of the unseen world. Where do we get metaphysical concepts such as love, such as peace? They have no chemical equation to them or definition. These are things that are beyond our world. They are beyond the physical. They are metaphysical. In the beginning, God. Does God exist? Oh, yes, he does. And we have the best way to prove his existence. But even beyond that, there's a third indisputable truth, and that it is this God who created the universe. Because it's not just enough to know that there was a beginning. It's not just enough to know that there is a God. But we have to understand that this God cared about you and I so much that he created us. He is purposeful in what he does. Now you might say, well, George, why do we need God to explain the existence of the universe? We've already just proven that by science, that the universe had a beginning, right? Well, guess what? You can't get away from God creating the universe, and here's why. 
Because in the beginning, God created, and everything that we know from science is explained through mathematical formulas or through information, such as our DNA. Where there's only one place in this entire universe that we know of that has mathematics or information, informational ability, and that is in the mind. This chair cannot process mathematics. A piano cannot process mathematics. All right? Even animals cannot process mathematics. Mathematics exists in the mind. Therefore, a mind had to have created this universe. It had to have created you and me. Here are some other arguments. There's the argument of irreducible complexity. If we take, for example, a bacterium flagellum, all right, and we'll compare it to a mousetrap. You guys have probably seen a basic mousetrap, right? It has that wooden piece, right? And then it has a spring that's connected to this other piece of metal, and there is a metal stain on this side, and then all of a sudden, there's, you know, the, the actual enticement with the cheese, and then boom, right? When he, the mouse eats the cheese, right? If you take any of those pieces away, it's not a mousetrap anymore, right? The same thing in the world of biology. We see around us that even at the most finite level, all right, at the bacteria level, you need all of those pieces of the mousetrap. Otherwise, it's no longer a bacteria. And all of it had to be there all at the same time in order for it to be a bacteria. So we can argue all day long of which one came first. And the final argument is the fine-tuning argument. We seem to live in a world that has so fine-tuned its force of gravity versus the outward push of the cosmological constant that we are able to exist. Why? The precision that would be required is like 10 to the power of 10 to the power of like 43. That's beyond all of the atoms present in the known universe. That's crazy that God, that God would do all of these things in such a beautifully complex way for me and for you. In the beginning, was there a beginning? Yes, it's an indisputable truth. In the beginning, God. Is there a God? Yes, and we have a way to know him, and that is through his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, who has revealed himself to us, who loves you and I so much that he created us. And even before he created us, he was a lamb that was slain. He knew that you and I were going to mess up. And he was our plan A all along. The cross, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ was always plan A for me and for you. Are you willing to believe these undisputable truths? Are you willing to give your life to Jesus tonight and to say, Jesus, I've searched. Jesus, maybe I haven't searched much. I probably ran away more than I've been searching. But tonight, I hear your word.
and I can see how no matter which way I want to slice and dice it, it's checkmate. Lord, I give up. I've tried my way. I want to try it your way. I encourage you, my dear brother, my dear sister, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord for salvation. And he will reveal himself to you and you will be able to know him and he will know you. And Jesus makes this promise. He says, if I knock on that door and if you open, I'm gonna come in, I'm gonna dine with you and you with me. And even though we will still have to continue living this physical life, he has promised that it, in the life thereafter, it will be eternal with him in his presence, in his glorious radiance forevermore. May the Lord bless you. Amen. Vă invit, frați și surori, să vă ridicați în picioare, să venim cu toții înaintea Domnului în rugăciune și să-i mulțumim pentru că El este Creatorul nostru, este Creatorul tuturor lucrurilor și El este Dumnezeul nostru. Să-i mulțumim pentru frumoasa invitație care ne-a făcut-o să credem în El, în adevărurile Lui și astfel să fim copiii Lui Dumnezeu. Dacă este cineva aici care încă nu l-a primit pe Hristos ca Domn și Mântuitor, să primească aceste cuvinte din partea lui Dumnezeu și să-și dedice viața lui Hristos, pentru că El merită, pentru că El este la cârma viacurilor și El este Dumnezeul nostru. Vă invit să venim înaintea Lui în rugăciune, să fim recunoscători și mulțumitori. Amin.